Does that work? Okay, yeah. There we go. I'm going to talk too. Yeah, you should talk too, for sure. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. We're both, right. We both talk. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's like a conversation. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Can you believe it? I've heard of him. Who would have thought? Usually uh, people just talk at me and I just go, oh, and then I yeah. do their bidding. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, those are like regular conversations, right? They're not, they're conversations that aren't being recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we have those anymore. This is the only time I feel the, like I ever have a voice. The only time anyone should have a conversation is when they're being recorded for a podcast. Absolutely. I <laughs> Stream everything. I don't all think the that's time. the issue. Is we don't know how to have <laughs> conversations anymore because we just listen to other people have conversations. Yeah, and then you get their voices in your head and then you start talking like them. That's why I can't I can't binge podcasts anymore because then I talk like whoever I'm listening oh, to. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. It gets bad. Yeah. It's like I'm not a McElroy brother, nor am I any of the people from last podcast on yeah. the left. I should not <laughs> class. That's morning spelled with a U, so it's a pun. I'm Andy Sell, and it's been a while. Thanks for still listening. I've sat down to record this intro many times, and it's just never worked out because I kind of spiral into the infinite regression of disclaimers and apologizing and excuses and indulging and contextualizing and editorializing, and we're not going to do that today. Today we're going to release an episode, so here we go. This is Extra Dreadit number three. That's right, it's an Extra Dreadit assignment where a guest presents me with a horror movie that they want to discuss, and then I recommend a B feature to pair with it, and then we watch them together, and then we discuss. And a quick note about this episode's conversation is that it was recorded in December of 2019, so no, we are not breaking quarantine. (laughs) This is just how it used to be, and I miss it. And I miss our guest. Our guest is Nadav Fleischer. Funny, funny comment warm person and a treat to be around and discuss things with and I miss Nadav. Nadav if you're listening I miss you. I miss seeing you at the other door in North Hollywood and talking horror movies with you and that goes for a lot of other people. Kevin Anderson, Ian Ager, Joe Kay, Vanessa Guerrero, Hollis Black, just so many people I miss talking with and hi listener, class, friends. I hope you're doing relatively well. I hope whatever you're going through isn't too bad and you come out the other side of it because we are all going through something and no struggle is insignificant and it's just good to keep in mind that we're not alone. You're not alone. I'm not alone. And it is with that in mind that I decided not to cut the plug at the end of the conversation where Nadav talks about the house show he used to co-run with his roommates Cindy Arvina, Chris Crittenden, and Jessica Singer. No, they are not running a house show during a pandemic. The show is on hiatus, of course. But I just, I wanted to keep it in to serve that reminder that socializing, live entertainment, in-person human contact used to be the thing. And it might be the thing again, hopefully relatively soon-ish. So anyway, the film that Nadav chose was Clive Barker's 1986 adaptation of his own novella, 
Hellraiser. And the film that I assigned Nadav was Nobuo Nakagawa's 1960 portrayal of sin and its consequences, Jigoku. And this is where I would probably have some kind of info dump on the concept of hell, or like some anecdote about the theme of supreme punishment for moral transgressions in the horror genre, but I can already tell you that that's too big a bite, too much to chew on. Maybe it'll come up on the show later, in a later season, and I feel like I've already taken up enough time. So without any further stalling, let's just go into today's Extra Dreaded assignment and the conversation with Nadav Fleischer about Hellraiser and Goku. People who have known me for years listen to, you know, the first... Uh, the episodes of Ghoul School where I where I started doing the format of just me lecturing for a yeah. while, and they were like, "Why are you talking like Aaron Mankey from Lore? What is your <laughs> what is your problem? That's not how you talk." But this is how we talk, right? Segways. Yeah, segways. Uh, we this love is them. how conversations work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is a look. This is we're already we're we're. This is a wonderful beginning. I'm here. Th- it's me. Hi. And I'm here with Nadav Fleischer. Hello. Who I'm excited to talk to. He was uh, one of the, f- when I first, when did we talk about that? We talked about it at Horror Nights. At Horror Nights, yeah. We went to Horror Nights, which we should have skipped Stranger Things. Absolutely. And gone to us. It was so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, did you we, go back again? I didn't. Uh, me neither. I was uh, unemployed at the time, yeah, so I was same. already not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. But Joe went and said that Us was fantastic. And I heard it was great. It was like, well, we should have fucking done that when yeah. we went. But we didn't. What was your favorite maze at Horror Nights? Oh, God. I really liked the Creep Show one. Oh, the Creep Show one was fantastic. That was really fun. Yeah. I enjoyed the Killer Clowns one Killer a lot Clowns, as well. Killer Clowns, I think, is my favorite one. My favorite may have been Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah. Actually, I'm re, I'm re, I'm, I'm going back. It's... I'm with you there because I think one of the best things about that is that they did a good job at getting you from like every angle in most yeah. rooms. Like most rooms, I know where the scares coming from because I worked at a haunted house. But in that one, they did a great job of being like, ah, scare from from me. Now that scare from behind you. Yeah. Oh, they were so so good. Anyway, yeah, that's when we started talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And you told me uh, your movie was Hellraiser. Yes. And I had j- just actually just recently seen Jigoku oh. for the first time. Yeah, you were like, I already have one in mind. Yeah, and I was immediately like, oh, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. So I guess I've already like kind of torpedoed the format that I normally do here <laughs> as we talk <laughs> about the first film for a while, and then I reference it. But now everybody knows. Spoilers. It's Jigoku. It's Jigoku. But the movie you chose was Hellraiser. Yes. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Why? When I was a kid, I watched a lot of sci-fi channel, so they would have random Hellraiser sequels on, and they were terrible. So for the longest time, my the image in my head was like, oh, that weird guy with the nails in his face who gets shot by a laser in outer space. Yeah. <laughs> and just like all that dumb, kitschy bullshit that happened with Hellraiser later, and I never really gave it a chance. Then at some point, you know, I someone recommended the original and said it was actually very good. It was on HBO or something. So I watched that and I was shocked at how weird and like art house it was considering yeah. the sequels it spawned. Yeah. And then my love for it was just like this movie made all those <laughs> like possible. <laughs> what? Yeah. And that there was a charm to that. And like. The fact that it was kind of a slow burn and the practical effects where Frank initially gets resurrected, that scene was so oh, cool. Is, Once that yeah, happened, I, I was fucking in. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's one of those we're we're you know there's horror fans of a certain age can relate to it I think because I feel like a lot of people see the later installments of things before yeah. you know if if because I was a kid I mean I'm I'm old so like even me I have my things where I like well I saw that in the theater you know <laughs> right but like. Even like the Friday the Thirteenth movies, for example, I didn't see the first one first. Yeah. There's no way I did, I, no. and I was when I was a kid. The sequels were still coming out, so those were the ones that were you know you'd go see that right. or you'd rent it from the video store. I, and I think the first time I saw them, I saw them all out of order. Hellraiser is one of the ones that when I was a kid, my mom wouldn't let me see. My, my mom, I get that. yeah, <laughs> fair, right? My mom let me see a lot of horror movies, but Hellraiser she was uh, against so i think the first one i saw i think i saw the second one before i saw the first one right and then i saw the third one before i saw the first one <laughs> but yeah it's it's interesting to watch especially in that series yeah to see what happens to it and then then to go back cuz there's a lot of a lot of the horror franchises uh, the higher profile horror franchises kind of like they all sort of go off the rails or or have their own continuity issues and their own chronologies and disregard canon for other things mm-hmm. and it's and they're all kind of a shit show in a lot of ways yeah even halloween and friday the 13th oh, yeah. and nightmare on elm street but like nothing quite to the degree of Hellraiser. Yeah, and like, I understand why your mom would have been like, no, you watched the second one first, because that one almost is more kid-friendly. It's kind yeah, it's sort of like a, a harder R, like, labyrinth, almost. Yes, absolutely. It's very much a fantasy adventure, yeah. but, like, with fuck demons. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the fuck demons, that's the reason I wasn't allowed to see yeah, it. Yeah, when I don't think it was the uh, people getting torn apart. I think it was the, like, there's an extended sex scene. Yes. And we don't want you to have any part of that. Well, just like every sex thing in a typical slasher movie from that era was just like, they're fucking, now they're dead. Fucking's yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Hellraiser, it's so complicated because Clive Barker was such a, 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 a kinky bastard. Yeah. Which he very much infused into that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really did. And he's he's like, his complaints about the censorship is always fun to me. Would What's you, I don't censor? know if you ever. I don't know that one. Well, apparently there was um, some spanking in the oh. sex scene, and there was like, I guess, sodomy. Okay. And I guess they I guess they did anal. I don't Not know. Not sure how you depict that. Uh, yeah, right? Without like, you yeah. know, um maybe there was a line of dialogue. <laughs> maybe. You're like, Ooh, my butt. Yeah. But uh that that was cut and instead they put in the switchblade thing, which honestly I think that's what lets you know, ah, this is not a good deal. <laughs> yeah, that's just like, oh, you're, yeah, there's an undercurrent. Regardless of, of how into this here. she might be, this switchblade came into the picture without a conversation. Yeah. That's... And I think the, the, <laughs> the minute you bring bladed objects into the bedroom, you, you, that needs to be prefaced with a discussion. Yeah, you don't do S&M spontaneously. Yeah. That's not a thing that just <laughs> no. like... No, that's, that's no assault is what that yeah. is. So... Wow! Yeah, downer. Yeah, the fran- and this that fr- this franchise especially like I mean, the, I personally I have this my 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 pantheon of like really bizarre franchises, including uh, Children of the Corn and the Silent Night Deadly Night series. I haven't I, seen either of those. Oh, dude, I'm gonna be real. The Children of the Corn series. There's like no continuity from movie to movie. I love horror movies, but I have such big blind spots. I have never seen Exorcist. Oh That's well, you absolutely have to see Exorcist, and you you have to see Exorcist three. You can skip two. Skip two. Okay. Skip two. I mean, if you really, I mean, if you're going to be a completist, if you're going to do one of those things where it's like I got to watch all these movies, I'm not that. 
Okay. I don't yeah. care. Then, that then much. don't. Yeah. Skip two. Skip both versions of four. Um, There's two there, versions. There are two. Right. There are two Exorcist fours. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. I mean, it depends what you could. There's Exorcist the beginning and there's Exorcist. Is there one uh, where it's a nun that learns how to dance and it's uh, the Exorcist act? See, if if the Exorcist movies had <laughs> had the trajectory that the Hellraiser movies did, <laughs> we might have gotten there. But one and three definitely are must sees. Okay. Children of the Corn, you, I really, I'm hesitant to recommend that to anyone, <laughs> unless you really are like I have to see everything because they're like children. The first Children of the Corn movie is maybe the worst one of the entire right. series. <laughs> My point is, the Hellraiser series has this crazy history behind it, behind its like its productions and its developments, and from like you know direct to video slash made for TV sequels shot concurrently simultaneously even maybe in romania yeah yeah at a time when a lot of these uh there were a lot of franchises doing that you've got the the return of the most beloved character in the sixth movie only to really kind of like get rid of that character almost immediately like it's it's a shit show the hellraiser franchise is a shit show so to watch any of the later ones before you've seen the first one has got to be Real crazy. That's the thing. They were so fucking stupid. I didn't watch all of them. I just be like, they're an MMORPG, and now this guy's here. This guy, Pinhead's here. I don't. Yeah, I'm not in. I don't know. I, I can't imagine it. being invested in any of them without yeah. having seen it's the just first. Like they're one. in an MMORPG. <laughs> cool. I've already watched Dot Hack Sign because I like anime. I don't yeah. need to see this. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the, Lance Henriksen is in this one. <laughs> Um, I was 13. I didn't know or care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the guy from Pumpkinhead? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So when you saw Hellraiser, how? Sorry, how old were you when you saw the the first one? When I, I was probably maybe 19 or so. Okay. 18, 19. So you were like, you're old enough to like get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was still young in a lot of regards. I was a late bloomer in a lot of things, yeah. but I understood better than I would have if I was a younger teenager. Mm-hmm. And is it? Does it does it scare you? Is it like a scary movie to you? Did it or is it just like No, I mean I'm not scared by movies very often. The only horror movies that really affect me are ones that like touch on very personal traumas yeah. to me. Like things like the Babadook, just because of like my personal <laughs> issues actually scared me, even though I objectively know it's like that's not really the scariest movie. I yeah. know that. It's just like, oh, Cool, uh, a mom with psychological issues. That's gonna fuck with me. Yeah, that's yeah. just will. It just will. Yeah, it. Yeah, I can. I can relate to that. I watch the Babadook and 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 just feel just a horrifying sense of shame when I because I'm like that kid was me. Like I was that kid. Oh, I was a piece no. of shit. I was yeah. like that kid. Thankfully, my you know I we didn't have a grief monster haunting us. Yeah, always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, think I just the things I dug about it were like I always thought the whole thing was going to be just the Cenobites as the main antagonist, and they're really not. Yeah, not in the first one at least. They're just kind of there to drive everything forward, and they just like look cool and scary for three or four scenes but it's really the story of this weird vampiric awful rape man frank frank yeah frank yeah uh what a piece of shit he is and one thing i'll say is this movie is so dense with symbolism that i've watched it a few times like 
I don't know, more than four, less than 10. I don't know exactly. But when we watched it together, I really latched onto Frank as like the anti-Jesus character. Yeah. He's the exact opposite. Yeah. In every so, way. So because there's a lot of this movie, because Clive Barker has that whole, he's got this, this chip on his shoulder about religion. He's got this confrontational attitude towards religion, which is not, I have that too. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like, eh, fuck this guy. But like... It is really in a lot of his work. I'm, I don't know if I can actually, if I'm qualified to say that, because Clive Barker is one of my blind spots. Okay. I don't, I've read one of his books, which was The Thief of Always. I've never, I've actually never read Hellbound Heart, the novella that Hellraiser is based on, but I really want to. I own a copy of Books of Blood. I own, I think, two copies of Books of Blood. Have never read it. My experience with him has been that one, uh, or, you know, Hellraiser. I think he made Nightbreed, right? Yeah, night, so I, Nightbreed, I that's it. his big, oh man. I didn't care for it. I could, I, I could yeah. I, I could do a that, whole thing um, about Nightbreed and, and my complicated feelings on it. I liked that. I really liked, um, oh man, Fly Guy, the Fly, that guy, the guy who directed the Fly. Cronenberg, Cronenberg, yes. yeah. Acting in that, he was fucking good. Oh, yeah. I as, really as, liked his whole Decker, character. Yeah. That whole thing was fucking dope. I was very into him as the villain. Yeah. That was about that's all about, I liked about it. The, I still haven't seen the Cabal cut. I don't know if there's any way to see the Cabal cut, actually. And, he, and I can't remember if I've seen the director's cut or not. I must have, because I know, yeah, I think I watched it I in don't college. remember which cut I watched. It was on Netflix a while ago. I don't know if it still it's is. It's probably the theatrical cut. Yeah. Which... And there's also Midnight Meat Train. Midnight Meat Train, which yeah, I really that's another, Yeah, Midnight Meat Train is pretty is solid. Um, I, Nightbreed is, it's got its high points, it's got its low points. There's a lot of weirdness, which is, you know, his whole thing. Yeah. But he, you know, it's weird because he strikes me as like when I watch interviews with him now, uh, like modern ones, a contemporary, anything in the last mm. 20 years, really, I guess. He just he just strikes me as just like, ah, I don't like you. Really? <laughs> I don't. I with your seen... cigar and like <laughs> you, you probably, you know, you're kind of an edgelord, man. Like, oh, interesting. you know, it's and it's weird because then you watch interviews with him from like the 80s. Mm hmm around the time Hellraiser was made, and he's just like this young, like kind of shaggy-haired, right. normal-looking dude. I don't know much about him like, as a person. Where I'm... did you discover BDSM, pal? <laughs> like... I'm 10 minutes into this documentary. Uh, it is currently paused behind us as we speak. Yeah, the Leviathan uh, documentary. The story yeah. of Hellraiser. I figured I'd do uh, 10 minutes of research. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're just talking about Clive Barker and just like showing pictures of him. And I don't know why I always imagined him as like Grant Morrison, basically. No, just like oh, a yeah. guy who wears a trench coat and yeah. is shaved bald and is just like, I do magic. No, he's got like he's got like a goatee and he's kinda like muscular and like wears tight black t shirts and always smokes cigars wow. in interviews and yeah. I mean he has like a look he's cultivated for right. sure. Uh like he looks like his breath smells like like scotch. <laughs> <laughs> like scotch and leather. Yeah. Um but so all he eats is jerky. He's got this whole anti you know this this subverting or inverting or even outright uh, in attacking religious imagery in his films, um, which is interesting because this character of Frank, who is the anti-Jesus, like he makes no 
illusion of him being the good guy or the hero or protagonist at all. He's no, clearly no. a monster. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's he's a bad dude. Yeah. He's more the monster than the Cenobites because the way they're showed in Hellraiser is like they're sharks. They're just forces of weird, evil fuckery, and yeah. uh, they just do what they do. Well, they, I mean, it's it's interesting because you can kind of look at it several different ways, and I'm sure there's been a lot written on this, but you know, they're kind of. And in the novella, sort of, I guess, again, I haven't read the novella, but from what I understand, it sort of spells this out a little more, that they are, you know, as they say, explorers in the limits of experience right. or whatever it is yeah, Pinhead, Pinhead does says say that. in his big thing. They're kind of like the end result of this life of pursuing uh, the further blurring of the lines between pain and pleasure right. and, and trying to, like find the new sensations and they're kind of like where that leads to you know and frank is sort of they they sort of lie on the outside waiting for people to get to that point yeah and then they show up of course summoned by the lament configuration mm-hmm. or the lamarchan confederate configuration the, the puzzle box okay and then they come in and it's sort of like, no, you're now our fuck doll. Like, you're now our object right. that we get to do this stuff to. And Frank ends up... Frank's more like, you know, I've always been more of a dom than a yeah, son. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if this is really for me. Yeah, he's kind like, of... Like, there is, are no safe words. I'm sorry, he's, man. He's, he's kind of like, but I want to be what you guys are, you know? And so he escapes. Uh, I guess in the novel, it's it's not just the blood. The blood from Larry, or in the novel, his name is Rory, or the novella, his name is Rory. His blood lands on some of uh, Frank's dried semen. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> and that's what creates the the portal that uh, that Frank I just can imagine escape that whole through. Floor is dried semen. I mean, it's just it's, it. it's just lots of stuff. There's, you can't miss it. There's lots of juices yeah. that have that have dried down there. But yeah, let's. So this Frank as the Antichrist or the anti-Jesus. He's yeah, not like the Antichrist in like a biblical no. sense of bringing about the apocalypse. Just like the exact opposite. But he, yeah, he's he is he is the the inversion of Christ mm-hmm. imagery. It's a resurrection story going yes. on here. But his resurrection has nothing to do with serving mankind in any way. No, it's, not at all. It's purely selfish. Yeah. Uh, and like just some parallels I caught were just uh. You know, Jesus took three days to come back to life after death. Uh, Frank took three technically victims? three victims, as which well might as have the been fourth, in the span of three days, as well as the fourth just for his brother's skin, which I think may also be a Cain and Abel thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Cain slew Abel. Yeah. So um, there were technically four bodies, but three for him to be like, all right, all I need now is skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if Jesus came out of the cave, <laughs> just a massive and flesh? Like, and was like, I don't have any skin. He's just like a, he's like a muscle person. Yes. And he's just like, I need skin. <laughs> Does anyone, I've got some apostles. Any of y'all got some spare skin? Yeah. Well, in, in Hellraiser, is it three or two where Pinhead does like a, a mock crucifixion pose? I don't remember. I can't remember if it's three but or two. I think it's three. Another thing. three is the one that has the big scene at the church at the end. Another thing of the opposite of Jesus thing that is very obvious is, you know, Jesus is on the cross. He's all bummed out, weeping, and then Frank's all torn up with with a bunch of hooks. With his chains, yeah. Yeah, Going like, Jesus wept, licking his lips, cackling like a fucking psychopath, and then gets torn apart and dies. He's just, which 
I love that that line was improvised, and I guess he was supposed to say "fuck you." Yeah, I think the line was "fuck you" originally, and and Andrew Robinson was like, "I'm gonna say this instead." Yeah, and it's cool. It just spells out. It just really hammers in that artistic choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great line, and it's haunting. and it's a great moment. It's yeah. haunting seeing this guy about to be torn apart as brother's skin on his body all stretched out yeah. just like licking his lips looking and at his niece, niece. yeah <laughs> which in the book in the book it's not kirsty is not rory's daughter she's uh i guess a friend that's romantically interested in him okay so i think the decision to to put to have that be uh larry's daughter in the film is a much yeah is a, is a much stronger it choice adds some as real far as, fucked up levels yeah it really does yeah <laughs> goes well with the the themes for sure and it's it's the development of the film is kind of murky as far as like adaptations are concerned because he, i guess he was writing the screenplay around the same time that he yeah. wrote the novella because they came out i believe in the same year right hellbound heart was part of uh one of the night visions anthology collections okay. and um and then the movie was 80 86 sounds right <laughs> uh in the same year so yeah. yeah so it's like the same around the same time so it's interesting that they're both have different focuses with the story mm-hmm. they're trying to tell i mean they're basically telling the same story but yeah but there's there's focuses on different things and and it's interesting um the chains man i had this so there was this bad. guy in my college named lord chain Oh, and I went and yeah, that was I mean like clearly as a chosen name, right? Uh, but he, his parents were real into chains. <laughs> in his room. He had like chains hanging from the ceiling. It was what? like in Hellraiser, and yeah, he, look, my, I went to a weird college. Was it like an art college? Of, it was a yeah, it was a weird art college full of lots of weirdos. Wow. I mean, I was a weirdo too, but man, were there some weird, <laughs> yeah. weird weirdos? There might have been some Cenobites. Probably some Cenobites in the making. At yeah, least. at least yeah, at least some Franks. Oh yeah, <laughs> on their way to becoming I mean, we some Franks had... on their way to becoming chatterers <laughs> and butterballs. We already identified Lord Chain, which is already such a good Cenobite name, right? Yeah, I think he was trying to be a Cenobite oh. for sure. Did he wear a lot of uh, latex? No, but he did wear he had a, like a long black leather trench coat. Yeah, so it was very, you know. Like definitely, he like his favorite movie was The Crow. You know, oh, for boy. sure. Like <laughs> maybe Blade. I think he liked Blade a lot. Uh, I don't blame him. That movie's really Blade, good. Blade rules. So yeah. does The Crow, actually. Yeah. And so does Hellraiser. So like, I don't know what I'm doing, casting judgment on this guy. <laughs> like, you can like the movies and not want to be the movie. Yeah. I yeah. don't watch Lord of the Rings and run around with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all seen some orcs? But why not? <sighs> You're right. I mean, just live your best life. I'm gonna put some chains in my in my room. I'm gonna collect a bunch of swords in, my, and... in the studio apartment that I share with my partner. <laughs> She's gonna love it. I'd like to gather a fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's another thing. So the order, the Cenobite group that Pinhead yeah. is in charge of, is called the Order of the Gash. Oh no! Right? Why? What a name! <laughs> <laughs> did they did they brainstorm that together? I kind of feel like I we talked about this a little, but I kind of feel like they're not the Cena like the, the, these Cenobites, Pinhead and his crew. They're not like the they're not the in charge <laughs> right. in hell. They're like the weirdos. They're like Lord Chain and his friends. They're yeah. like they got a bunch of weird nicknames for themselves. They wear these weird costumes. They're really into leather and and their body mod stuff. Right. Um, lots of other... piercings and and scarification stuff. 
All um, the other demons are like, we just like regular torture. Yeah, like I feel like there's like demons in like Boston Red Sox hats <laughs> yeah. and shit that are just like, we don't know who these guys like. They're that's we we're on the other end of the building from them. We don't really talk to them. Yeah, our thing is more we just put puffer fish in people's butts and blow them yeah. up. It's <laughs> just very creative. Uh, yeah, and like it's not really a sex thing for us. But yeah, it is for them. It's work for us. These guys, though, the Order of the Gash, <laughs> by the way, not an official title. Right. They just they call them make us like call them that. It's creepy. They put up a sign on the door to their office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made it with a Sharpie. <laughs> they have no preps on yeah. the doors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pinhead's always cooking fish in the microwave in the break room on our floor. It's fucked up. But Pinhead was not his name. Right, he was just lead, lead Cenobite. Cenobite, and then I guess Clive Barker has never liked the name Pinhead for him, What's and has started name? calling him Hell Priest. Was I guess the name he oh, gave him okay. in 1998, long after it was like everyone was decided. No, he's Pinhead. I heard well, about that. He started being called Pinhead because that's what the makeup department people on the on the production crew Makes sense. called him. They had a nickname for the uh, female Cenobite. It's weird how the names work because there's Butterball Cenobite, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, you named him that. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah. That's canon. That's on the credits. Named after the boxer, I uh, assume. And then Chattering Cenobite, yeah. which is, again, it's in the credits. Yeah. And there are two others. And he does lead, that thing. Lead Cenobite and female Cenobite. Right. And it's just like, you couldn't just call them. I guess the names that the makeup crew came up with for her were uh, Deep Throat was what That's they started calling one. her. Probably has something to do with the original actress not coming back for the sequel, too. Yeah. Yeah, they got somebody else for that. She didn't want to come back and do it again. It's a lot of makeup to have, like, two, three lines. Yeah. Yeah. She had lines, though. I she mean, did have lines. Butterball and Chatterer did had not. no lines. Chatterer just got to put his fingers in Christie's throat. That's a weird choice yeah. that I like it's yeah like it's definitely it works for the scene yeah it's yeah. definitely like uh i don't like that yeah the only thing that makes me feel okay with it is just like Kirsty, the actress who plays her in within the 10 minutes of this documentary and goes like i really like working with clive it was a delight yeah yeah really oh, she had a lot experience. of fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not like traumatized yeah. by it's not like it's not like if you were to talk to you know i don't know literally any actress who worked with hitchcock about what it was right. like to work with hitchcock cenobites are i don't know like they're scary. Yeah, they're scary. I mean, they're kind of like, it's sort of like you look at them and you can kind of see like, you know, the, the, it's they, they definitely want, even with the design for Chatterer, mm-hmm. it said that they were like, well, we don't want the teeth to be too inhuman looking. Like they, yeah. Because normally, you know, you, you put teeth in a monster, it's like, well, they got to be like fangs. Right. Or maybe like filed down all weird. But for this, it was like, no, it has to be clear it was a person. That's the thing about yeah. the Cenobites is they were people. Yeah. They were people whose addiction to this, you know, whatever has driven them to this extreme. Right. And now they can't come um, back from it. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Pinhead likes pointy objects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, female Cenobite, deep throat, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Into? Yeah, just having her throat torn open. I, I guess. guess. Choking, maybe. Maybe. All right. All right. Butterball, maybe like some feeding stuff. Yeah, 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 and chatter biting could be. I don't know. I don't and that's know. the thing. There's a lot of questions here. Yeah, <laughs> but there's one thing that's not uh, up for debate is the sexuality of the film. Oh, absolutely, it is, it's... it is. Even the box itself, there's like a sensual quality. There's like an really? arousal to solving it. 
Did you oh, know, oh the puzzle box. I the thought puzzle the movie. Box. The box the movie comes in when you buy no. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, didn't you get the 30th anniversary limited uh, Blu-ray release? Right, the one with where, nipples like, on when it. You, <laughs> when, you, when you open it, it moans. <laughs> you open it up and it just says, Daddy. <laughs> no. <laughs> he opened up the second panel with a second DVD and it's just a baby crying. Yeah, yeah. The, which is also a thing. Yeah, you have to wipe sweat off of the <laughs> blu-ray before you take it out of the no the the puzzle box like there's yeah. this like sensual like you you rub it in a right. you know you have to like tease it a little yeah, <laughs> and then that's true and then part of it raises up mm. <laughs> and it's like even in that mechanism there's this like this tactile sensuality right even when frank kills julia like I, I swear they must have like it's another thing that they must have cut something from for the censors because he slips and accidentally stabs her. You and know? Then, yeah, he just goes with it. And just continues yeah, he just keeps stabbing her. Yeah. It's almost like a like ah, I put the tip in, it's now it, there's I gotta finish. Yeah. You know, and, and he even he... like has this like kind of you know, he's like spent when he's finished killing her. Yeah, and he does that thing where he just like slips that was the first time I'd seen it too. When someone slips their fingers into their throat to suck their oh, blood. Oh yeah, he's I've... doing the vampire thing. Yeah, yeah, but like with his with his fingers, fingers which with is his fingers so cool. Like skin. I think I've seen that in a few things since then, but that was the first time. And also, this movie was the first time I'd ever seen the concept of someone going. Some call us demons, the others call us angels. Like yeah. we could be either. Like yeah. it's very ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, it's that idea of like again, they're not. The threat. Frank is yeah. the threat. It's funny because it's a classical. Like, there's so many references. There's references to Dracula, in right? It, like with the vampirism, but you know, with the, the some certain connection to animals going on. Yeah, a lot in of their bugs. insects and rats and things. Yeah. There's a psycho reference. Uh, I mean, what, even you pointed out when we were watching it, Frank, the first time in that flashback sequence. That's right. He asks to be invited in. Yeah, and that's well before that's he died. That's vampire rules, yeah. So well before he died, he was already a he monster. He was already a monster. <laughs> there's, you know, there's there's Wolfman stuff. There's mummy stuff in it. There's, yeah, there's psycho references. There's um, Frank. I mean, his name's Frank. Yeah. And he's he gets reanimated. That's fucking Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. You know, it's... Good um, point. It's right there. It's right there. There's, it's, it, there's just... Tons of this, like, obvious Clive Barker loves the classics. You know, Clive Barker loves the classics. So it's a very classical kind of thing. But it also wears leather and it fucks hard. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And it's cool because, like, the amalgamation of these monsters is in this character who was very much human from all his reincarnation and vampiric powers. You know, when he's asking to be invited in. And it's not so much that he asked to be invited in. It's that he would not come in until he was invited. Yeah. Even though the door was clearly open and he's yeah, like, I'm it's here almost for the like wedding. that's him asking for consent to do all the shitty yeah. things he's doing. It's I I don't know. It's like I mean, I'm not a you know, I'm not a clinical psychiatrist right. or psychologist. I can't answer these questions. Yeah, there's 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 floorboards, there's creaking floorboards, yes. there's the blood is used as a trigger for supernatural stuff. All very there's classic. There's Renfield, the the bug hobo. Oh yeah, there's yeah, they eating, oh, eating crickets in the pet store, total Renfield. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then turns into a bone dragon, flies away at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an odd choice, but okay. Yeah, that goes back to you know uh, that's Sig- that's a Siegfried versus the dragon story. Um, 
And there's a lot of other stuff, too, that's very classical. There's noir shit in this movie. Yeah. There's, like, so much of it. I was saying this. That was a good point. It's it's like an, it's when she meets up with them, when she summons them in the hospital, and they're like, all right, we're, we're going to get you. And she's like, <laughs> no, what about this guy? He got away. You got to go. And they're like, I mean, that's, that's again, it's a thing I never really liked. When I was younger, I couldn't appreciate about the movies. It's like, oh, they don't really feel that. Like, I get that they represent hell or whatever, yeah. and that's scary and torture or something. But, like, I don't know. They don't seem like they have their shit together. Right. And, they, and that, I kind of like that more now as an adult being like, well... It's Life's, a clerical error. Stuff's tough all over. Yeah, you're you talking know? about when There's red tape and everything. They don't realize that Frank is gone until yeah. she points it out, and they're just like, "Shit, we don't really have administrative assistance and yeah. keeping track of all of this <laughs> yeah. shit." Yeah, we just assume people stay because who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. Well, who would leave? How do you get out? We yeah. didn't know there's a way out. Shit, we left the door open. Yeah. We really don't have our shit together. But it's also very noir. It's very much like you know, at the end of a of a noir when you know one crew of heavies meets a, a protagonist or even anti-hero mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah you you got the money you're you yeah. you fucked up and now we're here and it's just like ah get this other guy instead okay but he better be there or we're coming back for yeah. you you or know we'll it's, tell you solo pop, yeah see? they're like they're like the tough guy they're like the low-level mo- uh, goons in yeah. a noir it's it's great did you have any with the religious iconography going on in it do you have any connection to that in the film like, do you have any personal religion deal? Not really. I, I'm a Jew, so I don't give a fuck. So you know, I just there's think no it's hell. <laughs> no hell. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it's just interesting because it's like, I don't know. I like Exorcist and I like Exorcist three, but I also don't stand the Exorcist yeah. movie the way that a lot of people do. I like, yeah, I get why it's as important as it is, and yes, it is technically a fucking like it's a kitchen sink movie. It's just mm-hmm. everything every trick that's being used is being utilized to its fullest in that film but like everyone i know that really loves it is catholic that like, everyone i know that's sense. like ah oh, the exorcist though, well, like that's the best one of my best friends is catholic and he loves the nun yeah oh god <laughs> Ugh, that's <laughs> so rough. much and it's like i get it but i don't know there's no real jewish horror movies i guess well that there's I the, know of. the dibbuk uh i've never heard of it and the golem and then there was demon a few years ago but yeah there's not a lot of like no, it's like we don't have much i guess there are demons in the talmud but no one really cares like they're not really <laughs> a big thing we're not making movies out of them like people who care about jewish demonology are usually christian yeah yeah <laughs> 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 they can't leave well enough alone. They they like get like ah, I'm bored with the Christian demons. Yeah. Where's the Jewish demons? I'm like yeah, I guess we've got them, but we more are just like yeah, I guess we die and then we're just dead and then the Messiah comes back and then we like hang out with him. <laughs> but I also know that the Hellraiser movies are big among, and this is anecdotal, but from my experience, are big among like you know, ex-Catholic uh, people in the queer communities. like I could see that. They're big, and that's like that's where I, f- I feel like a lot of Hellraiser fandom is. So it's just, I always feel like there's some kind of reaction to that, to, right. the, to the religious iconography or the... And I think that's what 
I had gathered from this movie is also um, it feels like it's Clive Barker making fun of what Christians think kink is and what it'll do. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. Well, it is. I mean, it is. There is yeah. sort of a puritanical core to this movie, but it feels almost like a like a sat, a satirical yeah. puritanical Like core. when you know what Clive Barker's all about, yeah. like, you know, I've heard anecdotes about him having you know gay blood orgies in like the back of a comic book store in la that's closed now um (laughs) (laughs) name names meltdown (laughs) it's closed so i don't think i'll tarnish the reputation no 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 no. Um, i I don't think that's a tarnish either that's like a holy shit really let's let's go buy comic books right now right that was before they had comedy shows in that room yeah um but yeah like knowing what he's into i don't feel like it is puritanical. No, I mean at it, all. Like there is that bent to it, but I again just feel like it's him being like, "Yeah, this is what y'all dummies think." That, yeah, like, y'all, you idiots think that is. if you fuck too much, you're gonna turn into a fucking hell priest. Yeah, it is. It is definitely like, and again, at the end of the day, it's a horror movie. Like, right? We're making something. You know, you can evaluate whatever metrics you want or analyze the what does this mean but it's also just like yeah i want to make a monster movie right and it's a good monster movie. yeah and here even if there is some moralizing it's it's and it's actually the moralizing stuff doesn't really come into yeah the hellraiser franchise until later films when (laughs) pinhead's almost like mcgruff the crime dog (laughs) just like popping in (laughs) randomly what does he do does he just go like this is your sins it's sort of just yeah. It's sort of like yeah, you were a bad person, and now this oh, is what happens. Great. And he's saw yeah, uh, jigsaw. Yeah. One thing that always makes me giggle about Hellraiser is at the end when she's like zapping all the Cenobites back into their mm-hmm. boxes, and they're all you know kind of scary. But then there's Butterball, just like no, oh, he's got a knife. Yeah, watch out, the demon's yeah. got a knife. <laughs> uh oh, <We're>, why? <laughs> like why? Can you give him something else spooky? No. Like a scythe? No. Maybe a a scimitar? No. Oh, that's... No. He can't. (laughs) He's he's got a small knife. Watch out. Yeah, it doesn't... That whole scene just feels very tacked on. It's almost like... It would have... I do think a better ending would have been she sees Frank in her dad's skin Yeah. get ripped apart after licking his lips at her, and then um, they're gone, and it's like, oh... Well, that happened, you know, and yeah. now, now she's got to go to the Chenard Institute or whatever <laughs> that we see in the sequel and uh, just end it there with that uncomfortable right. instead of doing, well, we need a fucking fireworks show. So she's got to fight the Cenobites one by one and I and guess solve the puzzle box. The thing, the puzzle box doesn't make any fucking sense. It never has no. made any sense to me. And it's like, how easy is that thing to solve? It's like everybody that picks yeah. it up solves it. She did solve it pretty casually while hanging out in a hospital Has anybody room. ever not solved it, is my question. I would like to... I, I feel like that's happened in yeah. one of the sequels. I feel like I would solve it and I can't even solve a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, that's... Why the, sh- yeah. This should be harder than a Rubik's yeah. Cube. I don't know. It's it's a MacGuffin yeah. that just happens to do some things. Also, why doesn't anyone lick it? If it's that sensual... Yeah, right? If you lick it, do you summon some super Cenobites? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's... I feel like that brings in the nice Cenobites. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, buddy. <laughs> you rang? <laughs> we bought some bunnies. You want to have a tickle party? <laughs> We're going to take you to the cat cafe in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I also really love the weird 
demon that when she initially solves the puzzle box and that demon chases her. Oh, the engineer. Yeah. Is that what it's called? That's called. It's called the engineer. Yeah. It's weird because I guess it's more of a boss type presence in the novella and then isn't in any of the sequels. But it doesn't look like an engineer. It looks like a a a monster with two with a butt head and. The thing that really um, struck me about it this time around watching it is that its face was at ass level, so that's like an ass-eating it's demon. It's an ass-eating demon. Yeah. 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 And it's just got its- It's a millennial demon. <laughs> yeah. It's just got its, its closing arms, Applebee's it's like, and it's eating the booty like groceries. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Oh, I, I do want to talk about Claire Higgins' performance as Julia. It's, she did great. She's so fucking good. Yeah. She's so she's good. That character unnerving. is so good. It's weird when you watch the Leviathan doc when they talk about like, oh, yeah, she's just evil. She's just an ice queen or whatever. And it's like, I don't get that from her at all. Like, I see her hesitating the entire movie. For most I of it. Her being, at some point, like, she kind of leans yeah, into she it. Yeah, she kind of like, at the end, she kind of leans yeah. in a little bit. But I, I definitely... I also think Frank is the one that like poisons her. Absolutely. You know, like she seems like a nice like whatever until Frank comes along and then now she's like, Oh, I got anything for that good dick. I yeah, I do think that is like the a lengths weird... she'll go to for the good dick. It's <laughs> it, that I'll is murder weird... three people. I feel like that's a weird choice until I realize some of the shit I've put up with for good sex. I, look, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't judge. Yeah, I've, it just. I've never murdered, but I've definitely stayed in situations I shouldn't have. Yeah. Hey, haven't we all? Yeah, haven't we all? Um, one thing that when she starts killing those guys, I can sense her hesitancy until that first guy ends up being very forceful and shitty. But when she she just starts to lean into it is like the third guy who does the weirdest line I've ever heard a man say when he's about to presumably sleep with a woman which is I get lonely sometimes (laughs) oh man (laughs) oh you charmer you poor bastard yeah oh gosh and then and she's like yeah I don't care I'm just gonna murder you you're just gonna you're you're food for my skeleton guy boyfriend yeah he's that man was divorced 10 years ago and hasn't touched anyone yeah. since oh god you know he was left for someone much more confident much more him. like frank <laughs> yeah yeah not a, you know i'm not gonna get into incel terminology or anything i also i like at the beginning pinhead rearranging frank's face the pieces oh, of yeah. his face yeah like a jigsaw floor. puzzle yeah it's just like oh, there's that a... was like the first scene that's yeah. right it's just like why are we showing I'm in. I love this. Just pl- I wish they would make a fucking Instagram filter of that. Oh, of just like that's your cool. face in pieces on a floor. Yeah. Like Frank's? They're just playing with their food is the way I see that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the They're just playing like... and fucking their food. I don't know if they eat them or just fuck them. Is that how? I don't know. They get sustenance? I mean, does Frank... There's like The rules are all very unclear. How yeah. did Frank get out? <laughs> yeah, I guess... Some blood on the right? ground. His brother's blood? Okay. On the ground where he was, uh, on the floor where he was fucking a bunch, I guess. Okay, I'm gonna test this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jizz into a box <laughs> a few times, and when I die, someone bleed on it. Okay, and then if you come back, yeah, but we, you know, you might go to heaven or whatever. We don't oh, know that you're true. going to hell. It's just in case. I mean, there's no such thing. Right. So. Who cares? It, it's really just for fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I just look. I just want someone to bleed on my cum. Yeah, that's all I want. I want. I want to know it'll happen. 
Uh, so we, yeah, this and this is the first time someone's come to my place to watch one of these. Really? To do the double feature. Yeah, oh. I normally go to other people's places okay. or so far. I might start getting into like having people watch them on their own and then we right. talk about it, but... Um, well, I got to meet your cat Spaghetti. You got to meet Spaghetti. Which is great. Ah, spaghetti. She's lovely. Best. She's so great. And then we watched uh, the film I recommended, mm-hmm. which I still, I don't know, so far it's weird, like... I've been like second guessing my recommendations upon yeah. watching them where I'm like, I don't know if this fits as well as I thought it would. 1960s Jigoku yes. from Shintoho Studios, directed by uh, Nobuo Nakagawa. Uh, what a weird what movie. What a weird movie. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird I was like describing it to people after the first time I saw it as, oh, it's if Hellraiser was made in Japan in 1960. And- and it's kind, kind of not, of, it's but it also like, yes, kind of is. But I, no. It's, it really, I think it has more in common with Hellraiser sequels in its okay. moralizing and in, in the idea of like, you were a bad person, right. so this is what happened to you. You've been in hell the whole time or yeah. whatever. Like The Hellraiser sequels really get, I mean, like you don't even, we don't even get into the Cenobite dimension or hell in the Hellraiser movies until Hellraiser 2. Right. Uh, and it's just a weird labyrinth. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of, it's kind of just a weird labyrinth with like some, I don't know, lightning. Yeah, and the black obelisk search tower thing. Yeah. The black light. That was neat. Yeah. Yeah, Jigoku, definitely the last half hour of it. Yeah, the last, minutes the, last, the last 30 to 40 minutes is just, just torture. Tor- it's nuts. It's, it's just torture in hell. Incredibly gory considering it's a movie made in 1960. 1960, yeah. Like, it was also an anomaly. Like Japanese horror, it was it was not like most Japanese horror movies. It was, really? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't about you know a a, a ghost cat or a ghost lady <laughs> or a ghost cat lady. No, not at all. Uh, it, yeah, it didn't didn't it didn't have any of the yurei stuff. And it was from a studio that I think Jigoku was their last film. Yeah, I did read that the director of that did partially fund it out of his own pocket. Yeah, yeah. Which I think Hellraiser has kind of a similar Does thing it? too with the end with the the bone dragon. Oh, that's right. Animation. It was yeah. kind of like a well, we ran out of money so we're going to do this and that's kind of what happened with Jigoku. Yeah, yeah. That's um a piece of trivia I learned about Hellraiser uh for listeners is that the end with the bone dragon like that gets a lot of complaints but when they made that they were out of money and time and busted it out in a weekend like it was clive <laughs> so that's Parker why it looks an like that and i still think it looks cool like, it's cool considering they did it in like two three days <laughs> and a lot of cocaine i guess jigoku though uh the there's a part where they essentially like the king of hell is telling people like you did this sin and your punishment is blank and one guy gets flayed uh and it just shows his just guts his beating heart his skeleton yeah. and it's just like it's gory it's really gory it's kind of i mean the guy kind of looks like frank uh when he's flayed yeah he's kind of got the i mean except you can you know he's got a face on right <laughs> But it's it's like an interesting. I mean, I I actually made a checklist of all the stuff that I think that that, that the mov- two movies have in common. Right, I saw. You uh, they those. both have an attic murder. Oh, they both have murder in an attic. They yeah. both have sex stuff. They do. In fact, Jigoku opens with. Oh, this is another thing I have is um, anonymous nudes. Yeah, that's or semi-anonymous true. nudes. But Jigoku is more just like it. They're like Bond girls. They're yeah. like it's like the opening of a Bond movie with the women in an animated title sequence. Yeah, which is why I would argue Jigoku is probably a little bit more. It's a little bit more puritanical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, well, it's it's like trying to be titillating. 
yeah in a way that hellraiser is not interested in being titillating yeah. It's just like, oh, this guy goes to a strip bar and there's a half-naked waitress. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. But the women with their faces obscured in the credits and then, you know, it just like reminded me of Frank's photos. Yeah. There's religion. Yes, Lots absolutely. of religion iconography in uh, both films. Jigoku opens with a lecture about Buddhist, uh, Buddhist hell. Buddhist hell, yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I've read on the subject, but I think there's like 36... Or 32, maybe, hells in Buddhism? They talked about eight in the they movie, about which makes eight. me think that maybe yeah. Japanese Buddhism like only Shinto has Shinto is a different thing than Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or Zen Buddhism. Right. Well, uh, Shinto was the religion that predated Buddhism but, yeah, in, Japan, in Japan. But I, yeah. I can't imagine they weren't combined in some sense. Right. I mean, it's yeah. got to get... Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, family Strife. Both movies have Family oh, Strife. so much in Jigoku. Uh, both movies showcase flashbacks to yeah. illustrate family strife. Both movies uh, have body horror. Yes. Both movies uh, heavily feature crying babies in their yeah, sound. Yeah, they sure do. Both movies also feature cat sounds in their sound. Yeah. Both movies have um, an invisible and or undead friend that interacts with a character. I mean, that might be a stretch because Frank is like, he's hidden. Right. But everybody can see Tamara. Jigoku? Oh, yeah. Everyone can see Tamara, everyone but can they see also Tamara, can't. But it's also never under- clear. He also just appears out of nowhere. Yeah. He's, He's like teleporting. Like, at one point at the end of the movie, he says he's a demon, but then I guess the devil, Enma, king of hell, is yeah. like, you're just a person. And we're going to torture you now. Yeah. Tamara is kind of a Cenobite. A little bit, yeah. They both have uh, men <laughs> being real shitty to women. Oh, yeah. Jigoku has this Hellraiser does not drug use. Hellraiser really, that's right. Yeah, I didn't, uh, no there's drugs. nothing in there. Uh, both movies have infidelity. Yeah. Both movies feature doctors and hospitals. Yeah. Both movies have a dead mother uh, that mm-hmm. factors in. Both movies have incest to some degree. Yeah. To some degree. Both movies have prob- problematic Asian representation. Wait. <laughs> Hellraiser? Just, oh, yeah. The, the, the guy at the beginning. What is your pleasure? What is your pleasure? Which is weird because I guess in Hellbound Heart, it's the lament configuration is in Germany. That makes so more sense it for it to be there. Asian, this vaguely Asian market. Yeah, Germany's a way kinkier thing than just like, yeah. I'm nondescript Asian, I guess. Yeah, no, it's got to be in Germany. Yeah. That's where that shit happens. Or Russia. Know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, then it makes sense that one of the, that two of the Hellraiser sequels actually are set in Romania. Yeah, no, um, that checks out. Piercing, they both have like uh, body piercings. Yeah, going on. oh, that scene in Jigoku where he's hanging upside down with a blade through his yeah. neck is yeah. great. Yeah, he. I mean, that's his Cenobite look. Yeah. They both have uh, significant objects that burn. Right. Uh, and they both have um, like a spinning wooden object. Yeah. There's yeah. The, the thing that really comes more into play in Hellraiser 2 and 3. Spinning but wooden But the spinning wooden obelisk with all the in body Hellraiser. Parts yeah. On them. yeah. And in Jigoku, it's the wheel with the with baby, baby. Yeah. on it. Goes round and round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just things going round and round. Yeah. Uh, so they have a lot of, you know, things in common. They both have significant animals in Jigoku. It's mm-hmm. fish and snakes. Yeah. And in Hellraiser, it's birds oh and insects and rats. When everyone dies in Jigoku from rancid from eating fish, the fish, yeah, that that entire scene is nuts because like there's a double murder and then also everyone a double else suicide in the house is just and like, like we're all dead too now. Yeah, yeah, it's there's a, yeah there's a scene in Jigoku. If you haven't seen it, you should get on the get the Criterion Channel, absolutely, <laughs> and watch Jigoku because it the movie is crazy throughout. 
Uh, it's got a very interesting sound design. Yeah. It's, it's got a lot of dream logic in it. There's this character, Tamara. Like the, it, it really centers around the main character is Shiro Shimizu, Shimizu who is uh, in love with this woman, uh, Yukiko, and has this friend, Tamara, who... Sucks. Bad fu- guy. Sucks. Fucks everything just, up. Yeah, and with no remorse or regret. It's never clear if he's an actual person, uh, but he's also not an invisible friend because people see him and talk to him. Yeah. And everyone talks to him like they've known him for years. He really But it's seems... also like, if he's been engaging in this behavior for years, no one would be hanging out with right. him. Right. That's the thing, when he just like barges in, so it's like... Shiro's hanging out with his professor and his professor's daughter, who he's dating who he's and is dating in love is, with. Is gonna propose and they've to. been a thing, yeah. And like, it's really nice. And then Tamara just barges in, acts like a fucking asshole for a minute, gives the professor a picture of him like in the war doing something bad. Yeah. Just be like, hey, look at this thing you feel yeah. guilty about. And then says, "This stopped clock is a bad omen." Hey, Shiro, you want to ride? Yeah, and then fucking and kill like, somebody. Yes. Shiro, who blames himself for all of this stuff, is at fault for none of it. No. Exactly none of it. He was just there. Yeah, he was just there every time. The closest Tamara thing- just like chose this dude and was like, <laughs> I'm going to ruin this guy's fucking life. My favorite weird fact I when I was reading, I sent you a picture of this Wikipedia article and circle this part of the actor that played Tamara was like, I didn't really know yeah, how to could, best play did, him. Yeah, he couldn't. He didn't know how to play the character. And so like, he just goes nuts. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, his performance is awesome. When he's in hell, he just goes bonkers. He goes completely bonkers. And it's so yeah. fun to watch. It's great. It's great. He's great. Uh, the character is great. It's it's. I love that you don't know what's going on with him. No. Uh, and yeah, when Tamara, the closest thing Shiro has to blame is Tom, him going like, hey, go down this road. And Tamara's like, that's a weird road. And he's like, yeah, but go down it. But then yeah. Tamara still is the person who hits and kills yeah, somebody. Yeah, Tamara goes, hits yeah, and kills somebody. You and made then, me go down the road, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then when Yukiko d- dies, it's like, well, if I hadn't gone down that road the other day, you wouldn't have been in that taxi with her. And it's like, but he wasn't driving the taxi. No, he was in the back seat. Some with random Yukiko. other guy was driving the yeah. taxi until Tamara, I guess, possessed him for a second. I oh, don't yeah. know. The woman who dies on the bridge. She just kind of fell off the bridge. She kind of she she came to kill him. Yeah. And then they struggle and she falls off the bridge and dies. Yeah. And there's someone else that's like straight up just a suicide. Right. His dad murders someone in yep. front of him and he's like, oh, that's my fault too. And it's just like the entire time I'm like, as a person who apologizes for everything and who thinks everything is my fault, I'm like, Shiro, it's not your fault. No, chill out. You were just there. Yeah. It's you're good. Yeah, you are not to blame for all of this just because you were there. Yeah, you should probably pick better friends. Maybe yep. cut your toxic family. Yeah, it's, so like, I, I guess like in some ways, Tamara is like his Frank. Yeah. And in other ways, he's Pinhead because he's like, your life of sin is caught up with you. Right. And then, you know, then there's the end. or Not the end, but like the scene where every character dies. Yeah. It's, and not all in the same way. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time. Yeah. More or less. Or you find out about them at the same time. Like, before everyone dies, a guy walks in and he's just like, the the professor, uh, like Yukiko's parents, both of them just double suicided and then everyone dies. And it, it also does, like, it. I mean, it takes place in the real world where there are consequences. Where yeah. there, In Hellraiser, you don't see any cops. Right. I don't think. I think there might be one. I don't know. I know that they talk about there being cops. 
at some point. She talks about calling the police. Yeah. But I don't remember. They're never around. Yeah. Whereas in Jigoku, this is a world with law and order and consequences. Yeah. And there's it actually very much goes out of its way to explicate that this is, you know, you go to hell to be punished for crimes you got away with. Yeah. On earth. Because and it's like if law doesn't if the law doesn't punish you, you will answer for these sins in the afterlife. Right. And it's interesting because it's like there is some because the guy they hit and kill on the road is a Yakuza guy. Yeah, he's in a gang. So yeah. it's also like it's he's like his, a problem too. And it's his people, it's his mom and sister, I think sister or maybe girlfriend. It's his girlfriend it's his and girlfriend. his mom, yeah. And his mom are the ones who are like trying to kill Shiro afterwards. Mm. Because they're just like, we don't need the cops. We can, they didn't help last time. Like when my husband, like his mom was like, my husband got hit by a car and the cops didn't do shit. So we're taking this in our own hands. Yeah. And it's, it's just interesting because it's, Hellraiser is not concerned with any of this. Uh, no. This idea of, of law and order. Who are and- you, what are you going to call the cops on? Yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna call the cops on in Hellraiser? I don't know. There's Frank. a skinless man in my attic. <laughs> Get well, you can't call the cops on Tamara in Jigoku because he'll just disappear. Yeah, and like he's a bad friend. Well, oh no, he did hit and run. He's like, call the cops on him. He did a hit and run. Yeah, yeah. Well, he even says that he's like, we gotta, we gotta tell the police. And Tamara's like, nope. Yeah, you'll you'll go down too. <laughs> I'll take down you down. It's like, it's like really? no, he won't. No, he was just. <laughs> In the passenger seat. So it's also like, wait, is Tamar even real? Or is it a Tyler Durden situation where actually he is to blame for all these? I don't... And it's such a valid question, but then people talk to Tamara. Yeah, yeah. But it, at times, definitely doesn't feel like he's real. He refers to himself as Hell's Vermin at one point, which I love, which I'm like, uh, that's way cooler than Cenobite. Hell's Vermin. Yeah. Yeah, he takes blame for a lot of deaths that are not his fault. And then he goes to that town with the old age home where his His father is, his mother is dying and his father is sleeping with this woman. Right next to her. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Weird. And then we find out that his mother also was, and we get these two characters, Sachiko and Kuniko, who are basically, I think the first time that they're shown, Sachiko is wearing white and Kuniko is wearing red. I don't remember One's an angel and one's a devil. So Kuniko's the woman sleeping with his father. Right. That then is like, oh, no, Shiro, I love you. Take me with you to Tokyo. The angel one is the one that That turns out to be, his, to be sister. his sister and also looks a lot like his dead ex. Yeah, so okay, so it was Utako Mitsuya played both Yukiko and Sachiko. So yeah, it's the same actress. Okay. Uh, which is an interesting choice. Again, a lot of interesting choices in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, they both carry umbrellas. That's a. Uh, yeah, which is apparently a symbolic thing for love. Yeah. Because they also, they carry, a lot of characters carry umbrellas in one hand and flowers in the other. Yeah, there's a lot of flowers yeah. in the movie. There's a lot of umbrellas in the movie. Mm-hmm. I meant to do a lot more research than I did. Yeah, <laughs> Normally me too. we'll do a bunch of research on this stuff. But I think that the thing is, so Sachiko and Kuniko, they're like, one's an angel and one's a devil. Yes. Like that's, and one is wearing red and one's wearing white when they're first shown. It's very clear. But again, I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, right. <laughs> I don't know what Some any of it duality? means. I don't know. Did Yukiko die? I mean, wait, no, which one was they the They all fucking one? died. Did, Sachiko, she, she dies. She's. Did um, she end up in Jigoku as well? Did she end yeah, up? Yeah, she hell? was in Hell too. Oh um, man, what did she do? 
Oh, she almost smooched her brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They almost, like, there's that whole scene where, like, Tamara is, like, in a corner somewhere urging Shiro on to, like, have sex with Sachiko. Oh. And then Sachiko, uh, fucking Shiro's mom shows up and is like, oh, guess what? That's your sister. Uh-oh. Whoops. Whoops. I slept with the painter. <laughs> God, yeah, the painter was so upset. Yeah, I couldn't tell if the painter was what he was supposed to be all about either. I don't know. I mean, it did show him hanging himself. And there's that whole thing at the end where it's kind of like where we're seeing everybody's punishment in hell, and it's like an indictment of journalism and the police and yeah. healthcare yeah. and war, like soldiers, doctors, cops, they're all going to hell. And like some of them are real legit. Some of them are just like, you were a bad doctor and a lot of people died or like <laughs> you did this yeah. journalist thing and people died. And then there's like the war thing where just like you, you drank water and there was only enough for one person and someone died because of that. But it's like, yeah, motherfucker, it's like I'm gonna die or he's gonna die. Yeah. Either way, one of one of them the other guy would have gone yeah. to hell and it's just, if it's, he lived. It's interesting because it almost seems like the whole the movie's whole point seems to me to be that it doesn't matter if you try to figure out a point. It's like we're all like it doesn't yeah. like we're all gonna die. And like it doesn't all, matter if you're trying to be good or bad, we're all gonna die. And I guess we've all sinned enough to go get our teeth knocked out by yeah. some demons. Well, I think I think that's the idea is that like we're all gonna hang nobody's out and, perfect. Yeah. Everybody like society sucks. And that's the thing too. To relate to like I recently read this book Scream by Margie Kerr that's um it talks a lot about um the science of fear and in whatever, but there is a there is some stuff on it on Japanese horror and how J- Japanese society is different in yeah. that it values social order above the individual, right? And it's all about what works for the community, yeah. And selfishness is way is much more frowned upon, right? And it's like this almost feels like an indictment of that idea, but also mm. reinforces it. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I don't know. Here. I, I'm not sure how it's an indictment of the idea that selfishness is bad because it seems like a uh, characters who act in their own self interest are heavily punished. Yeah, but even characters who don't are heavily punished. You think? Oh, I guess yeah, because Shiro, Shiro doesn't like. He's constantly trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I guess, but he's just in the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And is just like, all right, well, uh, I don't want to get my friend in trouble. I don't want to cause waves. Yeah, and if you think about the people that are targeted for punishment for their because of sins in their profession, mm-hmm. you know, they're all things that are very important to society. Yeah. Healthcare, the director of the old folks home, right. doctors, soldiers, uh, law enforcement, yeah. the press, the journalist guy, you know. There's all of this like these are people, these are jobs that serve society. Yeah. And it is like okay, the cop is crooked yeah. and he's in it for himself. And he's and that's why he's in right. hell. But yeah, then there's other stuff where it's like, oh, you just didn't do your job good enough. Yeah, <laughs> you were a bad doctor. But I mean, I guess it's not. I mean, I guess you're right. It's not really an indictment of that because these are all of these people are doing things. You know, they have let down society in some yeah. way, and that's why they're being punished in hell. But also, and man, that's I why don't you know. gotta hang out in a river of pus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. The pus river. The pus. Not just pus. It's like literally every fluid that can come out of a human body. Yeah. Is in this river. It's a river of and pus, not blood, in a fun way. shit. Like cum is probably yeah. in there. Probably. Yeah. It's gross. Oh yeah. man, it's gr- and you're supposed to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> 
and, and then put you're you just in the desert. Like, I guess if everyone else is doing yeah. it, I guess I'll. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a kink that Pinhead never even thought up, you know? Not that we've seen. And while Pinhead has to be summoned by the puzzle box, I feel like Tamara just summons himself into your life. Yeah, we've I feel all like got there's no like getting that. away from Tamara. <laughs> like he's just gonna find you. If you have a friend like that, just really create some boundaries. Yeah. You have a friend who just shows up and is the worst. Yeah. Just create some boundaries. And is he supposed to be I mean, like, is his punishment supposed to be the whole like we watch this guy fuck everything up and then we watch him get punished and it's his, like, oh, that's cool, finally. Yeah, right? He's but, just like, we're just gonna poke you with a bunch of holes and then Helion poke you with some more holes. Yeah. Kind of like Pinhead. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting he's getting oh. perforated, he's getting punctured. It's what we Tamara is uh Pinhead's origin story in I like <laughs> forget, that. Forget forget Elliot. Uh, what's his name? Elliot Spencer. Yeah, he was like, what was it? He was a weird archaeologist or something. Yeah, I don't what know. Was that? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was a captain in a war. That's right. Yeah. World War One or something. Yeah. Uh, found the puzzle box. Yeah. Got turned. Nope. Is t- actually it's Tamara from no. Jigoku. I like that story a lot yeah. better. Tamara <laughs> is just like for a person so malevolent. Yeah. Oh my god. He just and enjoys whole, it too. Yeah. His whole. Th- thing like his punishment when they're all telling everyone why they're being punished is like you've just embraced evil you're just a bad guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you just you just suck is basically what enma the king of hell who also is maybe pinhead i don't know yeah i guess he's more like yeah he's 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 the devil he's the whoever's the boss in the the you know fuck pain dimension mm-hmm. that the order of the gash come from <laughs> in 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 japan it's hell's vermins right. they're the they're the that sounds like a badass biker gang right doesn't it god they have such good names for shit i just discovered a band guitar wolf oh guitar wolf's amazing i just there's like they have a movie that i wild watched zero half an hour of but then i got distracted because oh it was christmas you, dude, wild zero is so great i was watching it with uh Vanessa Grant and Ethan Stanislavski, and we got through half an hour of it, but then we started talking about our feelings, <laughs> so uh, we didn't get through it. Well, but you need I was to, enjoying you it. You need quite to get a back lot. to it. Yeah, that but movie I just is... started listening to them, and it's just like, oh, there's a guitar wolf, a drum wolf, a guitar bass wolf. wolf, drum wolf, bass wolf. Yeah, those are just the members of the band. Yeah, it's like better Ramones. Yeah, yeah. ah, guitar wolf were so great. Yeah, and fucking yeah, Wild Zero is a fantastic movie. I got to finish it. It was you do. Nuts. I don't know if we've come to any conclusions about this. Are we supposed to? <laughs> Because it's there's there's a lot of similarities. I mean, the ending is bleak as shit. Yeah, because it's just uh, Shiro trying to rescue his baby, and then the movie cuts back to the real world where and everyone's still dead. dead, and there's like that's that's it. Shiro's just gonna keep trying to save his unborn child. That's his torture. Yeah. in hell, he's not. That's it. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not getting pulled apart with chains. Yeah. He's, there's no sense of closure whatsoever yeah, no, it's just like so, everything's such a fucked bummer. now yeah and it's over whereas hellraiser has you know she manages to get the uh cenobites back to hell a bone demon just grabs the puzzle box and it's like well i guess it's still out there but this story's over at least yeah yeah We'll even have that like iris out effect from the puzzle box <laughs> with the, <laughs> yeah. the the fucking lost boys shot of uh. the so corny. P- POV of the bone dragon flying away yeah. from Kirsty and what's the guy's name? I don't know. Never caught Dude? it. Dude? Yeah, the guy who does the cigarette <laughs> the tricks cigarette at dinner. The cigarette trick guy, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the Jigoku is a way bleaker ending. Absolutely. Because it also puts you through that wild ride of like, uh-huh. 
like the that that last half hour or so where it's just like just a fucking psychedelic mm-hmm. just a weird collision of yeah of torment and then <laughs> the end yeah <laughs> think about this shit assholes <laughs> i really do wonder what a 1960 audience would right. think of that right can you imagine because we if watch if it. you like if you're can you imagine can you imagine a world where hostile was never a thing and yeah. you haven't seen torture porn yeah well this is 1960 so like psycho had just come out yeah and that's everyone's metric in america for like whoa man yeah you know whoa right. can you imagine being someone who's like goes to a friend and is like man i just saw psycho yeah fucking whoa Whoa, right. dude. And then a friend just being like, hey, you want to see Jigoku tomorrow? <laughs> and they're just like, I don't get it. And it's and like, the oh, last half hour. No, nah, man, you don't get it. Psycho is the first movie that ever shows toilet flushing. Dude, things are different now. <laughs> and then seeing Jigoku and just being fucking ruined. Yeah. They're wow. just like, oh, I just saw someone's skin come off and just become a, a husk of a human <laughs> yeah. for a while. Yeah. No, Norman Bates doesn't have shit on timer. No. Do you, so what? Okay. Do you think this was a decent double feature? How do you think the two films go together? God. What do you think about the order? Do you think? Because again, I, I don't know. There was a part of me where, where I actually thought of being like, we should watch the first two Hellraisers and then watch <laughs> Jigoku. I could see that because the the Hellraiser two is where you they actually to go, to, go hell. to hell. Huh. I think Jigoku would be better first. Okay. Because yeah. I think that. While it has some amazing shit in it, I think Hellraiser had some more adept storytelling techniques. Oh, yeah, in I mean, general. yeah, no, there's, there's no so no contest. Much... Hellraiser is a much tighter story with much more relatable Just, characters, and they're really good at you know like showing you awful omens and a ton of them. Whereas Jigoku is Tamara going, the clock has stopped. That's a bad omen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm just painting this picture of hell for the temple. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Nope. Nothing weird has ever happened. So I would do Jigoku first. I don't think it's a bad double feature, but I I couldn't think of one that would be better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it was just one of those things where, you know, when you said it, I had just watched Jigoku. Yeah. So I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I know what we're doing. And I still think it stands, but I still stand by it in in the sense of like it, you know, with the sequels especially, the later sequels especially, not so much three and four, but uh, definitely like five and on, the Hellraiser movies start to take on this like you know, here's what you did wrong in life, right? So now you're dealing with us. I do think that possibly another good choice for a double feature might be like Hostile or Hostile Two with Jigoku. With, or with Hell Hellraiser, Hellraiser. Okay. because I feel like those are movies that like um, someone watched Hellraiser and kind of took the wrong things from it. <laughs> and it was like, let's yeah. focus more on the fuck pain part. We're yeah. just like, it's like about that, but not. Yeah. Like there's a lot more to it. There's definitely way more to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I don't know, I'm not an Eli Roth guy, man. Uh, me neither. I thought. I do think Hostel 2 was real fun to watch with a group of people because it's just like, I watched it at a party. I liked Hostel 2 a lot better than the first one. Me too. Yeah. I watched it at a party and the part where the cat's just eating the guy's neck yeah. meat when he's decapitated, huge laugh. <laughs> huge laugh in the room. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah. I wonder if you could show Jigoku to that same party. 
I think people would tune out tune for the out, first hour and then or so. and then and then and then like someone would look over as the the poison scene is yeah. happening and being like, "Wait, is everyone dying right now?" Right. And then the hell stuff would happen, and everyone would just be silent yeah. <laughs> for the next half hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you think of something you would pair with Jigoku? Let me think. I definitely want to do something from that era. That's hard to say because I don't really know a ton of like Japanese horror movies. Yeah. I've known some. I think that's interesting because you're like the audition would have some similar mm, some similarities well, in f- terms of its like dream yeah. logic and stuff. The dream logic, the fact that you know the the third act is yeah. is a much different movie than Absolutely. the preceding two acts. It's it's it, there's like a very serious tonal <laughs> shift, yeah. and that. And that there is some, there is an idea of like morality. This is, th- there's some morality, yeah. yeah. There's like this is your fault, but is it? You know, right. there's that, there's that aspect to it as well. It might work with Izo. It's another Mike film, but it's not really horror. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I it it's funny. I love Japanese horror, and it's like I want to do like a whole season, right? Just on Japanese horror because there's so much of it. And it's it's taken some really interesting it's gone to some really interesting places yeah. and it's informed the horror cinemas of other nations in some really yeah, interesting absolutely. ways. It's just funny to me that because Jigoku is just such an outlier, like right. it's just such a different movie than anything else that's come out of there. Yeah, I mean, the only actually, in terms of at the time at least, you in know. terms of something being an outlier at the time, I guess maybe Houseu. Yeah, I mean, like House super is, different movies, but House is what is that? It's about nine years later. Yeah, seven years later. <laughs> yeah, House is so much fun. House is like a trauma movie. It's a fucking far cartoon. before trauma yeah. was no, ever a it's, thing. It's straight up. It was a story told to the director by his kids. So yeah. like, well, the story I heard is that the director, well, it was originally a manga, and the guy who made the manga would just base it off of his five-year-old yeah that's what it is yeah that's what it yeah they they, it was either way it's a kid telling you a story base or a kid is informed a a child's logic is has gotten in hence why one of the scary scenes is someone in a room where mattresses keep falling on her because that's just what his five-year-old daughter was afraid of yeah that's great i mean that's kind of that's the relatable stuff you know like as, as weird as it might be it's like that's the fingers in the mouth yeah of kirstie in in Hellraiser, yeah, just like the violation that yeah. we can all sort of attest to, like we've all in some way had felt violated well, at some point. Yeah. And it's and if you give us sensations, if you give us a visual depiction of a very specific sense or a very specific sensation, yeah, you relate to it like immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Dario Argento said this about Deep Red: is that no one knows what it's like, what it feels like to get your head cut off. Nobody right. knows what it feels like to like stabbed in the heart with yeah. a knife. You know, very few people know what certain things feel like. Like, you know what it feels like to stub your toe. You know what it feels like to hit your teeth on something. Yeah, yeah. You know mean, what it feels like to have somebody's fingers in your mouth. You know what it feels yeah. like to have a mattress fall on. <laughs> you know, or yeah. like those are the the very specific things that like will elicit an almost involuntary response from you from mm-hmm. an audience. So it's like when you see somebody get a hammer in the teeth, even in Hellraiser, yeah. it's like, ouch. Yeah. You, know? you have a, you have a reference point for it, unlike yeah, that shit getting sucks. your head cut off. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. I immediately thought of like anything where finger or toenails are getting pulled out. Oh, yeah. Like that's such yeah. always going or to be a visceral. The hammer reaction. in the teeth in Jigoku. Yeah. 
get people getting their teeth hammered out. Yeah, like it's way harder than uh, the guy getting his hands cut off. Because I don't know what it feels like to have my hands cut off. Yeah, I I still got my hands. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) for now. Ooh. I mean, have you been a good boy? I don't know. Have you? By what metric? Have you look? Just watch what road you tell your friends to take when they're driving. (laughs) All right. Ah, shit. Do not take Laurel Canyon. Okay. What if I'm your Tamara? You're not doing a great job. <laughs> we have similar kinds of anxiety that I feel keep us <laughs> yeah, from being terrible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I think we're. we're what, what, what else is going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the point. This is why I like record these in the morning because I don't know how to talk at night. Oh God, I'm going back to school next week. Wait, are we still talking about horror? Yeah, yeah. What All right. You, okay. Never mind. Oh, hey, if you go to school. Do not fall in love with your professor's daughter. I cannot guarantee that. Don't do it. I crush easily and often. Don't do it. <laughs> if you look, if you do do it, just make sure it's not your theology professor. Uh, okay. okay, I can do that. I will never take a theology <laughs> class. There you go. There you go. Would you watch Jigoku again? I think I would actually really like to put it on at a party where people watch horror movies because I've you know I go to those sometimes. Yeah. I'd suggest it be like, yeah, we can all just hang out and talk for like an hour. And then, you know, when like you'll know when to watch the movie. Yeah. 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 It'll it'll be pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you. Uh, thanks for talking with me and watching movies with me. Thank you for having me be a student of ghoul school. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for. I just said thank you. But thanks again. Well, you're no, delightful. Thank you. You're delightful. I want to be a. I want to be a, a guest professor at the university. Yeah. Well, well. Look, when we have our adjunct program, I don't know where I'm going with this. Gonna make tenure. Gonna make tenure. <laughs> oh wait, can I do a plug for something? Sure, plug uh, some. Yeah, I have a little house show called Kitty Pool. Oh yeah. A, yeah, I meant to tell you to do this. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm glad you're okay. I do comedy and shit whenever. I don't know. Yeah. But uh yeah, we have a, a Shark Tank parody show in my backyard called Kitty Pool. Follow Kitty Pool Comedy on Instagram. Don't feel shy about messaging us when we have flyers because we don't post our address because it's our house. <laughs> but we will message you the address if you're going with no qualms. Excellent. And it's really I, fun. I've been meaning to come to one of those. You absolutely should. I've we, been meaning to. I, I've been meaning to have you on oh well i just i every time i see photos from it or like flyers i'm like ah that's gonna i gotta go to it's that. a good time you know yeah. we've been tweaking it over the past year just making it a better and better show and i'm really excited to keep it going nice and it's at kitty pool yeah kitty pool comedy on instagram kitty pool comedy on instagram yeah. follow it all right do you want to see the catchphrase with me class, class deceased, deceased. Ah, 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 <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs>